This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In front beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. God is good. He is worthy to be praised. I hope everyone is having an amazing weekend. I'm having a great weekend. I just came back from seeing the movie Creed 3, and I actually had to catch up on Creed 1 and 2 because I had never seen those, so I watched those yesterday in preparation for me seeing Creed 3 today. And the reason why I saw Creed 3 today has to do with why God is working on me. And so what I want to talk about a little bit tonight is I want to talk about the fact that I'm trying to do better. You know, solid talk. I come on here. I got a lot to say about what's going on in mainstream culture, uh, what's going on with the church need to do better. And I get tired of talking about other people. So I say, you know what? I'm just going to come on here and talk about Brother Greg because I know my I know myself, you know, more than anyone. And I got my own issues. And so I saw the movie Creed three today. Uh, we won't get too deep into that unless y'all want me to. <laughs> but it was a it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. You know, um, <clears throat> it wasn't mind blowing, but I enjoyed it. It was it was entertaining, you know, and that's what we ask for when we go to the movies. And I took my mom to see it. And I took my mom to see it because I wanted to atone for the way that I treated her the week prior. Right. Um, And so uh, she didn't know that's why I'm taking her. But that's why I chose to take her, because last week I was being a little bit of a jerk. And that's what God is dealing with me with is he's exposing things. He's exposing my temper. He's exposing passive aggressive behavior and this is something that i've dealt with off and on throughout the years you know what i mean and i realize and we have to notice about ourselves right we got to know when god is trying to show us something because we can say the prayer lord show me me expose me search me and all of that type of stuff but then when we pray it the lord is going to reveal it but we have to be able to perceive We have to be spiritually in tune enough to actually be able to perceive what it is that he's trying to show us about ourselves. And so the last two or three weeks, I've just been having all of these different situations that have um, exposed me to me. Most of them having to do with my temper and also being passive aggressive. So last week I went to my buddy's baby shower. Um, I keep calling it a baby shower. My bad. I went to his gender reveal and then his gender reveal um, you know, it started at, uh, two that's, that's the advertised time. It starts is from two to four. Right. And so, you know, I was going there with my mom. She knows my friend, uh, this is my best friend from the world. So he's basically like another son to her. And so, um, she was invited. And so I said, you know, we'll go together. And normally I drive when I go anywhere with my mom, but th- it just so happened that this event was about five minutes away. From, pro- when I say five minutes, a five minute walk away from my house. So it was literally like a two minute drive from my house. So I told my mom to just swing past and pick me up. And so we planned it for her to be there probably at about 210, 215, 
you know, no rush and stuff like that. So she told me probably at about uh, 210 that she was on her way. And she didn't get there. And it's a 10 minute drive from her house to my house. She didn't get there until about, um, I'd say, 236. And at that time, my my buddy texted me like, where are y'all? You know, now we weren't the only people there, but I think it was just a lot of people probably hadn't showed up yet. But I didn't know that. So I'm just, you know, at this point, I'm in a rush. So apparently she got lost coming to my house. How? I don't know. <laughs> but um, she did. And so then we got there. When we get there, she finds a parking space and it's like she starts to take her time backing in the space. You know, then she uh, is in the space, but then she backs out and starts trying to do it again. And then she backs into space and she's in the space, but then she wants to straighten out. And so I'm just like, you in there, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you're in there. Don't you good. So then we park. I finally opened the door. Like, I think I opened the door before she even fully parked, <laughs> you know, cause I was trying to be somewhat on time. And so then she can't find her purse. You know what I mean? So she's taking a long time coming out the car. I didn't know she couldn't find her purse, but I'm just kind of like, you know, what's taking so long. So, you know, finally I see the person in the back seat. She gets it. We go. And I'm just like, come on, we we running late, you know. So I'm I'm antsy. I, I'm temper, temper, I'm angry, I'm passive aggressive. And I feel like that affected her whole mood a little bit throughout the rest of the evening. You know, it's hard to tell because my mom, she just she always wears her emotions on her sleeve. So she's gonna tell it like it is either way. But it's she seemed a little off. You know, and so I just really started thinking about it like, man, I'm at a place in life where I really don't want to hurt the people that care about me, specifically my mom. You know, she's about Lord willing, she'll be 75 this year. Right. And fortunately, she's in good health for her age, you know, but when when your folks, when your family gets to be a certain age, you kind of move to a, a season of the things that used to bother you don't bother you as much anymore, right? Because you begin to appreciate every moment that you have with them. You know, every moment that you have with them is pretty much a blessing. You know what I mean? So I'm at that stage where I'm just like, man, you know, like <clears throat> for whatever my mom can do that can get on my nerves and maybe I do some stuff to get on her nerves at this stage of my life, it's all pretty trivial. And so when I flew off the handle like that last week, with, with uh, you know, um, getting angry and stuff like that, it really affected me because I'm like, man, I, I don't want to treat her like that. Okay, yes, she's running late. Yes, she's moving ridiculously slow. Okay, but she's getting older. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Let me just appreciate this moment. You know, just like in the, in the movies today, for example, we went to see Creed 3 and I forgot, you know, we don't go to the movies that often. I don't go to the movies often, period. Right. But I hadn't been with my mom in quite some time. And I forgot that she's the type of person that likes to talk through the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in a movie theater and it's not a lot of people in there. So anybody who is talking, almost everybody else can hear them. 
So she's like talking to me during the movie, like, like, you think they're gonna end up fighting? Like, or she just talking to the movie, like, mm-hmm, that's right. You know, it's like she's very expressive, very emotional in that way, like very vocal, you know. And so if this were me five or ten years ago, I probably would have been extremely annoyed, extremely agitated. But I'm just like, this is her. She talks through the movie and I'm going to love her for who she is unconditionally. Because whatever it is that she upset me with the week before, right, whenever I do something, she loves me unconditionally. And so I'm like, man, I need to do better in this area of my heart. Um, not that I didn't love her last week or anything like that, but it's just like showing it more and showing more grace, you know, these type of things. And so, you know, she's talking through the movie and, and all that type of stuff. So I just kind of laughed at it. They was going through the fight scenes and she, you know, they, they hitting hard and, you know, they got the sound effects and she's, she was so fully invested in the movie. She was legit treated, treating it like it was a real fight. Like she was just like, you know, he get punched in the ribs and she's like, Ooh, you know what I mean? Like fully having the time of her life. And so as long as she got to enjoy herself, that's all I really care about. And moving forward, any type of flaw, for the most part, is, is just trivial. You know what I mean? It's just trivial. And I ran into this again uh, maybe a week or so ago with a friend of mine who um, had did had does some things that agitate me. There's some some things that that they're dealing with that manifest themselves in a, in a weird way. And it caused me because I have never fully addressed it. It caused me to be very passive aggressive and very resentful. You know what I mean? And it wasn't like a consistent. Well, let me, let me, let me back up. It wasn't like a constant resentment, but it was like something consistent where it will come up from time to time or if I'm about to deal with this person, it's like, okay, let me just get my mind right because I know this, you know, it might be one of them days where this person just on one, you know? Um, and so the person asked me, do you resent me? And so finally, instead of being passive aggressive, I was like, you know, um, there's some things about, uh, there's some things that you do that rub me the wrong way basically is what I said. But what we did to address that could have been addressed much sooner had I just not been passive aggressive and simply just communicated what was going on. And so when I didn't communicate that, now I have this feeling like this person, I want to say owes me something, but like this person um, is angering me and this person is upsetting me and I'm carrying this thing and it's, and it's, annoying me and it's coming off in the way I interact. Meanwhile, I know if I upset this person, they show me so much grace. You know, they, as far as I can tell, I haven't done anything to upset them. So then I have to look at it like, man, what does this say about me when this person never uh, has anything to say about me, but I have something to say about them. And so I'm trying to move to the place of being um, compassionate. I'm trying to move to the place of being more loving. I'm trying to move to the place of uh, accepting people for who they are and how they are, 
but also addressing things that concern me. Because a lot of times I'm just like, you know, I can endure, I can deal with it. It ain't a big deal. Like I'll, we'll live the fight another day. I'll pray for this person to get free. <laughs> you know, it's one of these type deals. But um, what was happening was sometimes these things begin to manifest themselves in a context of other settings and other people. And one thing I realized is that if this is how this person is, I'm not the only person that's going to perceive this. And it could be that this person is damaging other areas of their lives, other relationships they have. They're damaging their business life, their romantic life because of this personality trait or whatever it is that they're dealing with. They're damaging it. And if I really am truly a friend that's going to endure with this person, maybe I need to be the one to shed light on it. Maybe I need to be the one to to set them free. And so. I'm thinking of this, I'm learning this, but it's like how I kind of flew off at that person and flew off at my mom. I was like, I I'm dealing with a temper, a temper issue, right? And also a passive aggressive issue. And the other thing I realized too, another situation, by the way, God bless everybody joining in. We are having an open discussion tonight. So you can hijack this discussion and talk about whatever you want. You can hijack the chat and actually join me and talk about anything that you want that's somewhat related to <laughs> the theme of this channel. But right now we're just talking about Brother Greg and the things that God is exposing in my life uh, so that I can love more like him, so that I can be used by him, so that I can be more direct. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm what it is, I don't like conflict and contrary to what y'all might think, I really don't like hurting people's feelings, right? So that's why I say I'd rather just deal with it instead of addressing it. But it's, it's, it's all these little examples. And when you see this, you really got to ask the Lord, like, OK, Lord, you're trying to show me something. What's the central theme? You know, what is the central theme? And what I realize is, you know, because I had another weird situation. I'm not going to go into detail too much about this. But long story short, this girl from my elementary school whom I hadn't spoke to in probably like 10 years. And even then it was just an extremely brief Facebook conversation. After we friended each other, like, Hey, Hey, da, 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 how's it been? Da, da, and that was it. So I hadn't spoken to this person since 2012. Even before then we weren't close because we didn't go to the same high school. I think by middle school, we were in different classes and stuff like that. So really it was almost like no real interaction since elementary and maybe just, liking a post on Facebook. This person doesn't even post a lot, you know, and I'm just a liker, you know, I'd, my thing is what's the point of having the social media if we ain't going to be on there liking stuff. <laughs> so if you see a like from brother Greg, it really doesn't mean much. It, it, it mean that I like whatever you had to say, or I like the picture, but don't read into anything more than that. I'm just a liker, you know, contrary to, to my, my temper and my passive aggressiveness and sometimes my low energy, <laughs> You know, I do realize that I'm a bit of an encourager. Right. So it's a weird dynamic. But anyway, she basically was just like, um, I guess I guess she had liked a bunch of my pictures or not not pictures, but she had liked a bunch of my um, wall on Facebook and like my, my posts or whatever. And so then at like four or five in the morning one day, she was just like. When are you available to talk? So when I woke up, I saw that 
And I'm like, I don't know if I like this. This sounds like it's either going to be romance or money. <laughs> and I'm not trying to deal with either one. But I'm trying to be cordial because this is like a literally a sandbox acquaintance. I can't call her a friend, but, you know, when you grow up in a sandbox with your folks, you know, you don't want to ruffle any feathers. I ain't had nothing against her. You know, she's cool, cool to me. We ain't never have any issues. This was probably like the second girl that I ever liked in life. You know what I mean? Probably maybe like first or second grade. You know, you just had them little elementary school crushes. Uh, but as far as I know, I never communicated that to her. So she was just like, um, so I said, you know, I'm free. Uh, you know, I just gave her my phone number and I was like, I'm available to speak, but I have something this evening. Otherwise, we can talk on here. So we... So she's like, okay, we'll talk on here. So she begins to tell me that um, she would like to give me the opportunity to meet her children. Her son effectively is in need of a mentor. And I guess he's crying out for a male presence. And she's trying to take her walk with the Lord seriously. And she want, wanted to begin a journey with me, is the word that she said. So I'm just kind of like, you know, uh, <laughs> what I was thinking was I'm not interested in that because I couldn't tell fully if she was shooting her shot or if it was just like, I want you to help with my kids. But what it sounded basically is like my family needs a man in our lives and you seem like you would be a good candidate. Effectively, she's giving me this opportunity as if I have nothing else going on in my life, as if that's something that I'm looking forward to, like dealing with your, uh, let me, okay, we, brother, we try, brother Greg trying to be good. I'm trying, <laughs> this is about me doing better. So let, let me, let me sanitize what I'm trying to say. Um, oh God, I'm trying not to be a jerk. Basically, she just wanted to give me the Russell Wilson package, you know, as if that's something I was looking forward to. And really, in my mind, I'm like, no. But there was something in me that just did not want to tell her no. Like, I did not want to reject her. And so I was just like, have you considered a mentor? Do you have a church home? And she's like, yeah, we, we have, uh, you know, we have a church home and all this type of stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in kind of starting something with you if you're interested. So I'm just like. I'm not in the place for that right now. You know what I mean? I got a few things going on. And so I was just like, it, it's, it's not for right now. And so, um, which, which honestly, that wasn't the truth because really it's just, it was just going to be a no flat out, but I just didn't want to be rude. And so then I was just like, I will pray about your kids situation. So she's like, pray about it. I'm a woman of God. God won't steer you wrong. I go to sleep. I'm thinking I'm probably just going to not talk to her for a long time, if if ever, not at all. Like, I was more or less done with it. The next morning, she messages me at like 7 in the morning and says, has God revealed to you, um, has God put anything on your heart concerning us? So at this point, I'm just like, okay, something is off here. It's starting to feel like an attack, and I need to shut it down. But I still just couldn't shut it down. 
So I said um, later on that evening or that afternoon, I said, uh, I have some things going on and I want to be respectful of your time. I'm not in a position to play that role in your family. So instead of saying no, that's what I said. And she basically was just like, well, what do you have going on? Because maybe I can help you with that. And so I was just like, this was kind of true. This this was truthful, but I was using it as a way out. So it was like a malicious truth. I was just like, I'm praying about someone right now, so I'm not interested. And so that was kind of the end of it. She told me her church home, you know, where to find her. She asked me if I had a church home. Thank God I didn't have a church home. I've never been happier in my life to not have a church home because I definitely feel like she would have showed up. But um, what it really taught me is like being direct versus being diplomatic. And I'm a very diplomatic person, right? But there are times where you just have to be direct. We have to communicate. And that's what God is doing in this season. And I'm trying to be better with it because I know that when you get further along in ministry, there's certain things that God will prepare you for that he knows are coming down the pipe. And if, and if one is not able to manage those things, it's going to be like a chink in your armor. You know, I was reading David and Goliath's story not too long ago, and I was just looking at the description of Goliath. And I think they said Goliath, I don't know how many pounds or shekels or whatever it is that he had on, but he had like a full body um, of armor. He had a lot of weight that was on him. Goliath did. And so when David was able to defeat him, it was just due to one slingshot in the place of Goliath that was uncovered. And so I say that to say when we have a chink in our armor or we have a deficiency and God sees that, he's going to address it because he knows that if the enemy shoots one of those fiery darts at you and that fiery dart gets through that armor, that can be to your detriment. And so we got to submit to the process of God. You know, we really got to uh, be in tune with what he's trying to do in our lives in a particular season. And we got to be compliant. We got to be compliant. And so I know in, in, in coming to this realization, there's probably going to be another situation where I'm going to have to tell somebody no, or I'm going to have to tell somebody that they offended me or that they're doing too much or that, you know, this kind of upset me. So I just want to nip it in the bud right now or, or whatever the case, I might have to show more grace, whatever it is. I know it's going to come again. And so whenever God wants to use any of us, I think Brother Aaron said this in a talk we had a few weeks ago. He said, God is going to prove you. In other words, test you. And sometimes we'll, we won't even notice the test, but sometimes we do. And so it's like, man, if God tests me again in this area, how am I going to respond? What am I going to do? You know, these are the type of things that we just got to be um, got to be mindful of. You know, we got to be mindful of these things. And so I'm really working on um, not being passive aggressive. I'm really working on all of those things that that I talked about. So I'm going to go to the chat real quick. God bless everybody joining in tonight is an open discussion. Um, 
we are talking about whatever it is you want to talk about. But in the meantime, between time, I figure I just come on here and tell y'all a little bit of what I'm going through in this moment um, on my walk. God bless everybody. I'm just catching up. God bless you, B. God bless you, Sister Deidre. Praise the Lord. God bless you, Sister Marsha. Sister Marsha says, one day you will look back and laugh. It's about creating memories. Yeah, that's the thing about it. I just realized that however your family, your loved ones are, that's how they are. And, and we need to just appreciate them for them. You know, we can't expect everybody. First of all, we're not flawless and we can't expect everybody else to be flawless. Right. So I'm the type of person I just be like, man, why can't people just do right and be right? So I don't have to deal with these type of issues. <laughs> but that's not the way life is set up. And I'm pretty sure I probably do some things that rub people the wrong way. Who knows? Right. Um, obviously, I'm not conscious of them. Otherwise, I wouldn't do them. But I'm sure there probably are. Right. And so. So that's what all it is. You just got to you just got to look back and uh, laugh and appreciate, just like you said. Glory to God. Sister Marsha says, I would have thought I would have thought you all were cute as an observer. I don't even know. I don't even know what you're talking about, sister. I got to see what, <laughs> what, it, what you, you might have been talking about when I said my mom talks through the movie in the theaters. Yeah, it's just and I'm the type of person like if she says something to me, I don't want to ignore her. But I don't want to be talking during the movie. So I say something at a very minimal whisper. Like she can barely even hear what I'm saying. So she like, you think they're going to end up fighting? And I'm like, I don't know. I think they might. Who knows? Like, I guess we just going to have to wait and see. <laughs> so I'm trying to be like, take the hint. You know what I mean? But, but she going to do her. And that's one thing I actually appreciate about her. You know what I mean? She's going to do her. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, Cause I know what I'm getting, you know, I know she's going to show her hand. I ain't got to worry about nothing like that. I know she's going to be transparent. So it's funny. Cause it's like sometimes the same traits that are, are um, our uh, gifts can also be flaws in some way, like, but it all depends on how you're using it. So she's my mom. She's free. She's free in her expression. She's free in her boldness. She's free in, telling you what she feels she's free in her honesty right and as those are wonderful qualities but then it's like also <laughs> she's free and like she gonna tell you exactly how she feel even if you didn't ask for it she's free and that she gonna talk through the movie because that's what she's emoting in that particular moment so you just gotta accept that we're not flawless, you know, and we talked about the perfection complex on Thursday's Bible study. We just got to accept that. B says, I'm a caregiver, so I know exactly what you mean. I work with seniors. Yeah. Yeah, seniors, look, children and old people don't hold back. They keep it 100 at all times. <laughs> they do not hold back. Sister Marsha says, praise God for holding yourself accountable and being convicted so that you and the Lord can deal with it. Give yourself grace through the growth. At least you can recognize it. Praise God. Yeah. Um, thank you for that, sister. I'm going to definitely try to give myself grace. I will admit this is something, as I mentioned, it's been off and on for a long time. You know, so at some point, 
we just got to be like, you know, when am I going to, when am I going to uh, change? You know what I mean? It's cool to wait for my change to come. Like I'm, I'm waiting on my change to come, but if God exposes it, if God reveals it, you know, when are we going to address it? And it's not to say I've never tried to address it. I feel like I've had good seasons of being better at this, but apparently there's still more, you know, there, there's, there's levels to each of us. We're like an onion and you can peel back all these different layers, all these different things. And what you're really trying to get to is what we're trying to get to the deep places. The scripture says that deep calleth out unto deep. So whatever God is going to try to do in us, it's, it's not going to be something external. It's going to be something that has layers and layers and layers to the point where he has to get to the core and he has to show you, you, he has to peel back those layers and expose it. And then you have to work with him or comply with him to get it resolved, to get it resolved. And so, so if I'm assessing myself, I like to psychoanalyze people. So if I'm psychoanalyzing myself, you know, it's like, okay, what causes my, my lack of comp, my lack of liking conflict or being passive aggressive, you know, um, people pleasing, um, fear. Uh, it could be a, it could be a multitude of things, but those are two that come to mind. People pleasing and fear, um, pride because it's like it's like i'm gonna say it the way brother Bowden said it one time he was talking about how we need to conduct ourselves as believers and one of the things he said is you know we say stuff like such and such getting on my nerves or this getting on my nerves and he said we ought not have a nerve for people to get on you know so it's like we as believers need to be different. Our responses need to be different. The way we process things need to be different, right? If if there's no difference between me and how someone in the world acts, what's the point of me even being a believer, right? So 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 we we're supposed to respond differently. You know, we're supposed to show grace. We're supposed to have compassion, right? We're supposed to um, to operate in spirit and in truth. And so, yeah, we 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 definitely got to recognize it. Definitely got to recognize it. Here's a comment. I've been in a nursing home facility for 452 days, and it's not the residents that bring up the old me. It's the employees. Don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming them. They're just being used to expose it. They're just being used to expose it. I feel that. Y'all know I say all the time Christ resurrected, but Adam is always trying to resurrect he, that, that old man, that old nature, right? We, we can kill him as soon as we can say we've been, he's been dealt the death blow. Um, and we've been given power to say, no, we've been given power to repent. Uh, we've been given all sorts of power, but he's going to try to resurrect. That's just how it is. You know, it's going to try to get old people and all that type of stuff, all of that type of stuff. Uh, God bless you, Sister Nicole. God bless you, Ashkenazi. Um, Nicole says, I feel like direct and diplomatic don't have to be mutually exclusive. That's a good point, 
Now, you know, you're about to make me look up the definition of what diplomatic means. Um, somebody described me that at my job. It was actually my boss. But I take diplomatic to mean like um, somebody kind of beats around the bush a little bit. And I take direct to mean somebody that uh, tells you straight up. But, you know, um, how do I want to say it? Uh, you can be diplomatic in a sense of, in a sense of, uh, so let's read the definition. So the, the number two is, I think, what I'm talking about. But the first one says, of relating to or involving diplomacy or diplomats. But number two says, using or marked by tact and sensitivity in dealing with others. So it's not necessarily a bad thing to be diplomatic, but once again, <laughs> every attribute almost can be uh, done in a certain type of way to where it's like, you know, it's like, man, if, it, if it's done extreme, then it's just it's just that type of deal. Because I'm have to hop on the stream, y'all, to offer my two cents. Ashkenazi said, I've had so many bad experiences meeting fake Christians on Facebook that I don't put too much stock into what people say on Facebook. Two, Facebook is definitely a CIA operation to get info on your life. Well, a lot to say there. Um, yeah, first and foremost, I wasn't buying, if you're talking about the girl, the elementary school girl, I said, reached out to me. The way she was moving in haste, I knew it wasn't inspired by God, you know? And, and so this is why I'm, I'm, I'm on a fence of women shooting their shot because it makes me really uncomfortable. So I'm a... Y'all know I'm an extremely traditional person. So traditionally, I've always been like, women should not shoot their shot. Um, it's the man's role to pursue. It's the man's role to find. But because we live in this feminist generation, um, feminism has made it in such a way that men can't even approach women the way that they would traditionally. You know, it's like, for example... I remember a few years ago, they were trying to start this thing called street harassment. And it was just like, if you saw an attractive woman on the street and you cat called her, that's called street harassment, right? Or, you know, you see these things now where it'll be a woman in the gym working out and she's secretly recording some guy and the guy might look at her for a second or two. He might even look at her for, you know, three seconds. He might find her attractive, but it's, it's making it so that guys, at least this is the way I perceive it. I'm not going to show any interest in any woman in public that I don't know because I'm not going to look thirsty. You know, I don't care how good she looks. I don't care what she's wearing, but I refuse to be looked at as thirsty. And so the days of um, cold approaches, like if you see a woman and you cold approach, approach her, those days are over. You know what I mean? Because if she likes you, she likes you. But if she doesn't like you, you're a creep. Um, you're thirsty. Uh, who knows whatever, whatever else she'll call you. So 
so they've created a climate where it's just like um men feel like they have to walk on eggshells so because of that I'm like, you know what? It's so complicated. Y'all, you let me know. It's like you let me know when you when you're ready. You go ahead and you approach me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's less confusion that way. Just let just let the women do all the approaching, let them shoot their shot. But then my true my true nature is just like, man, if that happens, I don't want to reject a woman like that. It just doesn't feel right. At first of all, I don't even feel like she should be putting herself in that position to be rejected like that. Um, and then for me, it's uncomfortable because it's just like, dang, you know what I mean? So so I say all that to say when she cold approached me like that and was just moving in haste, I could tell that either she is in, like an extreme baby Christian or she's just not born again or she's just a um, sexual assassin that's being sent by the enemy because it was it was too urgent. When she came to me, she said, I'm in a crisis situation. So immediately that puts somebody in panic. It's like all of this urgency. And so what I've learned is whenever we do anything, unless it's legitimately an emergency, we shouldn't be moving in haste. We just really should not be doing that. Um, so, yeah, there, there are probably a lot of fake Christians. Facebook being a CIA operation, it wouldn't surprise me. Y'all know that I'm definitely on record. I pretty much know Facebook got all, everything that they need to know about me, all the big tech. They know what I look like. They got my voice. They got my face. They could fake me if they wanted to. They could, they could scandalize me. They could ostracize me. They could frame me. I've accepted that. So I don't even fight it too much, to be honest with you. You know, they do these things on Instagram that I, I do like these. But I also believe that these are designed to collect information. It'll say something like, post you with short hair or post a, post a uh, an old picture of you. Or it'll say, post you and your BFF, post you and your significant other. And so you put it on your Instagram story. And then if you click it, then you get to add one. And everybody that's on the little chain gets to add one. So I think they're kind of cool. But I definitely believe that it's designed to get as much information about you as possible. Post you when you were on vacation. Um, post you on your birthday. Post your favorite memory from last year. It's like all of this different type of stuff. And we know, we know very little good comes out of this. Yeah, thanks for clarifying, sister. Um Sister Nicole says, OMG, did you see Creed 3? Without me, I'm about to throw a fit. <laughs> I'm not going to get off topic. Um, me and Nicole were joking that we both had not seen Creed 1 and 2 when 3 was coming out. So, But yeah, I did see it. I'll talk about the movie a little bit briefly. You know, uh, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was entertaining on a scale from 1 to 10. I'd probably give it like a six to seven, maybe six and a half. Um, maybe I should not do the spoilers. I don't know. But uh, what I would say is it was entertaining. You know what I mean? It was entertaining and that's what you asked for. Maybe because I don't go to the movies often. So it's like the big screen actually has an effect on me. But yeah, I thought it was an entertaining movie. Um, what I would say that I thought was interesting was... 
the conclusion of the matter, okay? Because the way a movie starts and the way a movie ends really tells you what they're trying to get across. And I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to do like a teeny spoiler, but it's not going to spoil the movie. Basically, I noticed that I'm trying to do this without spoiling it. That's why I'm being diplomatic. <laughs> um, basically, what I took away from the movie is there was a greater message about accountability. And there were two characters that had done some stuff in their past. And basically, they kind of came to the conclusion that it was not, oh, I'm off the screen. Why y'all ain't, okay. <laughs> Basically, they had come to the conclusion that it that it was neither of their faults, right? But they clearly did something. So it really got me thinking about what are they trying to say as it relates to accountability? Because obviously the main character is Creed. He's a black guy. If you've seen the movie poster, you know that the other guy is a black guy and you probably can tell what's going to happen in the movie just from the commercial, the trailer. But, you know, it's like it sent, sent this message that the real enemy is the system. And you really had to be. You really had to understand what they were saying to actually perceive it. And then the other thing I noticed at the very end of the movie and this is not really a spoiler, but there's like this scene of his daughter and his daughter is learning how to box and she's kind of fighting with him in the ring. And I could just kind of tell what they were basically saying is the future is female. If we see any more from this series, if we see something five, 10 years down the line, maybe sooner than that, don't be surprised if it's his daughter who's the main character. And if they try to make, make the movie about her now that in and of itself is not bad, but I look at the totality of the messaging. Right. And what I notice is because it, it really, that scene was not that necessary, but they put it in there for a reason because it goes along with the, the, the overall theme of America right now, which is that the future is female. Now, we got to qualify. What does it even mean that the future is female? Because somebody sent me a video this week. Actually, my cousin sent me this video this week. And he was talking about in the video. It was uh, Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. He has a hard name to say. But he was talking about how it's International Woman Women's Month. Right. But. So much of who is being honored this month are not women. These they, they the White House acknowledged a trans woman and gave that person an award in honor of International Women's Month. So the thing that Tucker Carlson said in his video, his video said um, feminism is dead. And what he basically was saying is. You know, the battle of the sexes between men and women that it went on between since the beginning of time, men won. And so why did men win? Because men <laughs> are now becoming women and they're taking all of women's accomplishments. I think Miss America 
might have been a woman. I know one of those beauty pageants, it was either like Miss World or Miss America was uh, the winner was a trans woman, a uh, woman of the year. More than one time now, I think has been a trans woman on Time magazine. Uh, the person that got the White House award is a so-called trans woman. Um, you go to the sports. Leah Thompson is is dominating the competition. That's a so-called trans woman. Um, other sports, uh, UFC, I think boxing, they had a, a, a trans woman knock out a real woman in that sport. You know, so it's like we're saying it's International Women's Month and we love women so much. But the way that the, the liberal agenda is playing out is basically the erasure of women. You know, you got I saw a story where like um, they were in a bathroom or a locker room and this is a so-called trans woman that still had the man parts and they're just walking around the locker room like it's all gravy. And so the real women are frightened, upset, appalled, just like they should be, right? Because you basically got this man that's walking around in the woman's locker room because they so-called identify as a so-called trans woman. And so this is what we're dealing with, a country that's in reprobation, uh, a country that's on the verge of collapse. And so, you know, I thank God that I was able to experience the 90s. Uh, I thank God that I was able to experience a little bit of the 80s. Not that they were perfect, but I never thought that I would be witnessing real time the collapse of our society as we know it. And it is fascinating to watch, even though it's not pleasurable, you know, but this is where we are. Um, this is the situation that we've gotten ourselves into collectively, and we just got to play the hand that we're dealt. Right now, collectively, people are not playing it right uh, because the devil is busy, because people don't love truth. That's really all it boils down to is two types of people in this world, those that love truth and those that don't. And we have a culture that hates truth because Jesus Christ is the truth and it's beginning to manifest itself. So, you know, it's like in one way they're saying the future is female, but then in another way. It's not. So it's really just what confusion It's really just the enemy just saying you know what? I'm just going to bring confusion. I'm going to erode them from the inside out. And that's what's happening. So just like I told my cousin that sent that to me, I said, you know what? <clears throat> Peter said in the book of Acts, he said, I think it was Peter. He said, save yourselves from this untoward generation. That word untoward means crooked, perverse. So basically what that means is, hey, um, just because everybody else crazy doesn't mean that you have to be crazy. So just hold on to the truth of God's word. Don't get angry. Don't let these people take you out of your character. You might get ostracized. You might get marginalized. Right. I experienced some uh, unexpected persecution 
<laughs> um, that's a strong word. But some unexpected persecution this week. Sometimes I'm on Reddit. Those who are familiar with Reddit is just like a social site. It's kind of like a message board type site. And a lot of people on there make jokes and stuff. And there's a particular, uh, they I think they call, what do they call Reddit? Reddit or subreddit? There's a particular subreddit that I'm in called Church of COVID. And I find it hilarious. <laughs> um, basically, it's pretty much like, a sarcastic subreddit and the idea behind it is they they view covid and vaccines and masking as a religion so they make a lot of jokes about dr fauci being lord so he's like lord fauci um so you know fauci bless you and all this different type of stuff you got to kind of see it to really see how funny it is but it's hilarious and it's sarcastic and you know uh on Reddit, I very rarely ever comment on any posts, but I just so happened to make one comment on this church of COVID uh, subreddit. And all of a sudden I got an email. It said, you have been banned from a different subreddit, right? So the subreddit I got banned from I wasn't even a member of that, but they banned me anyway, because what they have is they have some sort of um, like bot or algorithm that if they see you in certain groups, they will ban you from any of the other mainstream groups. Now, I can still go and view and I can, you know, uh, see the see the sites, but I can't comment anything because they say that the the, the site I'm on contains misinformation uh, or it's hateful or something like that. And so it's very minor. It's very insignificant. It's not going to change my life much. Like I said, I barely post anyway. But it really showed me that um, we're in a war, but it's like an information war. It's like a cold war. It's like I said, I said this probably like five years ago. It's a, a war of words that we're dealing with. And people are leveraging power. They're leveraging power left and right. But let me get back to some comments. Um, glory to God. Sister Marcia says, I'm a straight shooter and I definitely use it for God's glory. So I can be a straight shooter in certain situations, you know what I mean? But I think it's like dealing with people is where I need to do better. Nicole says, you have tact when dealing with others. I do, but I got too much. <laughs> I got too much tact. Too much tact. Very good with children and dealing with people unless you're upset. And that's the thing about it. Temper. Anger. All of that comes from pride. Sister B says, I don't sugarcoat. I like that. Oh, wow. Marsha says, I don't believe in women shooting their shot, but I do believe in women positioning themselves like Ruth did. I absolutely agree with that. Put yourself in position to win. You know what I mean? The, the main thing, women that like to play by the rules, 
They just want you to know that they exist. And what I can say is that if a man is a suitor, well, let me say it this way. If a man is available and his eyes are open and he's 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 looking, he will know that you exist without you having to let him know that you exist. You know what I mean? But that's basically what it is, is like you said, you believe in women positioning themselves. I agree with that. I was reading the story of Isaac and how Abraham was just like told the nameless servant or his servant, whoever it was. He told him, go and find my son a wife from his people. And so the servant goes out and the Bible says that he went to the well at the time where the women go to draw water. And so I had to really think about that for a second because I'm like, man, this servant specifically went during this specific time because he knew that that's where the women would be. The type, the specifically the type of women that he was looking for. I'm looking for a certain type of woman from a certain people group. I'm looking for a woman who I know will be doing this thing. And so as a man, you got to say to yourself, okay, and, and as a man, you got to say to yourself, where are the women drawing water? And as a woman, you have to say to yourself, what does drawing water look like for me? If, if you're interested in a husband, right? What does drawing water look like for me? Where do I do that? How do I do that? You know, because that's where that servant went out to find him. So a lot of people say it's kind of like Ruth and Boaz, you know, she was just doing the work of the Lord. That could be drawing water. You know what I mean? But um, it's a pickle. We ain't going to get too deep into that. But I do believe that sometime soon I want to start a, I want to start making videos communicating to men the importance of marriage. Um, I could do it on this channel and call it Greg off topic, but I kind of feel like the stuff I might get into, it might need to be a separate channel. So I'm not sure you guys can let me know, comment below if you think I should do it on this channel or do it on a separate channel. Cause it'll be about relationships and dating and maybe some other areas of life, uh, maybe just manhood in general. But I want to do that because as much as I talk about the lies of feminism and how it basically has put women in a horrible position, the truth is that there are a lot of lies that men have been sold and that men bought into. And so I want to be intentional about dispelling these lies, right? Exposing because any of these, what I've learned is almost every, pretty much every red pill is a lie, pretty much, because most of them are comprised of facts. But the point of facts is to arrive at truth. So if so, it is possible that you can have a bunch of facts that don't arrive at truth. For example, here's a fact. Abraham was 75 years old when God told him to, to go and come out of his father's house 
and that he would have a generation. Sarah was however old she was. They traveled long distances, had a bunch of issues. Years passed, maybe 25 years, right? Now Abraham is 100, or he's 99 or 100, and he still hasn't had it. That's a fact. He was like 99 or 100. Sarah, at this point, I think she's like 75. So it's a fact that they're old. It's a fact that it hadn't happened yet. It's a fact that I'm sure at Sarah's age, even at the even during that time, that was still an unlikely pregnancy. And we know that because he told her to go into Hagar, the handmaiden. And so all of those are facts. And so if you interpret those facts and we come to our own conclusion, you're going to say, man, um, the conclusion is they not having these kids. But if we look at what happened, what happened is that what God said was true and they ended up having Isaac. And so when we consider that in every situation, we got to say, what's the conclusion of the matter? And is that what God said? God said marriage is good. He also said children are in heritage unto the Lord and that they're a blessing. Right. So all of that must be good. So I got to I got to look at this, not from the lens of adding up a bunch of facts to come to a rational conclusion. I got to look at this through the lens of what did God say and then seeing how everything else falls into place under that. So I definitely want to get into that. Um, it would be something fresh for this channel, but I kind of feel like I kind of feel like maybe it has to be his own channel because like this channel is just, I feel like the folks on this channel just on this channel. You know what I mean? I feel like I got too much history with the algorithm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like I feel like whatever this is is just what it is and it might have to be something new. So, yeah, I don't believe in women shooting their shot, but you definitely should put yourself in the right position. I believe if, in choosing signals, you know, not seducing signals, but choosing signals. I believe in organic interaction. You know, maybe you're at a mutual setting and y'all have a mutual uh, organic interaction. Maybe, you know, you're reaching for the, the punch and she's reaching for the punch and it's like, oh, no, after you. And then you have a laugh about it and y'all start to have a conversation. Um, but yeah, you got to be in position to win. You got to be at you got to be at the function for y'all to bump into each other or to try to go for the punch bowl at the same time. You got to be physically there. <laughs> um, but more importantly, you got to be wherever it is that the women go to draw water. Um <laughs> so Marjorie said, listen, I'm not shooting shots, but I'm going to be on the court. <laughs> I am at it that. Um, Ruth gave a good sign. She was ready for commitment. Boaz had already made the moves on her. Wow. Yeah, see, we got to read Ruth again. You know, that's a powerful book. You know, I think she was lying at his feet or something like that. Um I got to go back and reread that. Yeah, uh, B got the ball up. She shoot the shot. <laughs> Praise God. 
Um, uh, Nicole was getting me right with the camera. Yeah, now nah, I ain't gonna stop moving, but I feel you. I'm gonna stay in the frame. I'm gonna stay in the frame. Praise the Lord. Um, Brother Joseph says, a deaf boxer. How will that work? Hollywood, brother, you know they make anything work. <laughs> they make anything work. Definitely a good topic for Solitaire. However, it was women who welcomed and befriended this agenda, and now they are turning on the women. Yeah, and y'all know I go in on feminism all the time, so we're going to have to get on the men some, sometime soon. Um, Cole said, I don't remember the 80s. I was little. Marsha says, I was in high school and middle school in the 80s, and that was some of the best rap music I ever heard. I agree. The 90s were the best, and that was the best R&B music. Man, them 80s and 90s, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't watch a bunch of stuff, but sometimes I go to the gym. I have my headphones in, but they usually have the TVs up. And at the time I go, they play old shows like Family Matters. They're playing um, Living Single, even though that's that's a that's that's some propaganda that we could get into if you wanted to. <laughs> I almost feel like that might have been like a curse. You know what I mean? Um, the whole living single thing. You just basically got four black women that are the golden girls. But, you know, they're like the black version of the golden girls. But they're not old. You know what I mean? They're just young. And so that whole lifestyle that they marketed through that show, that's actually how a lot of people live today. So they put this stuff in the shows to act to to um, format people's minds to be able to receive like this is normal. This is how it should be. Da, 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 da. When in actuality, you know, those four women should be married and starting a family, but to each his own. Right. But they, they, they made that look fashionable. But that being said, it was a good show in terms of entertaining. Yeah. The 80s and the 90s. Ashkenazi says even old feminists from the 1970s, such as Germany Greer, spoke speak about, excuse me, speak out against the feminism of today. I can imagine. You know, that one lady's been getting into a lot of issues. Um, the lady that wrote Harry Potter, and whose name for whatever reason is not J.K. Rowling. Right now, I never watched. Harry Potter never got into it. And then I got saved, so I knew it more or less was not of God. But um, she's been in a lot of controversy the last couple of years because she basically, even though she considers herself a bit of a feminist, she is what they call a TERF. And I forget the acronym, but it's basically a woman or a feminist who's a feminist, but they don't accept that trans women are women. So uh, something like something radical. Look, this is why we got the internet. Um, but basically, I don't know if it's T-U-R-F or if it's T-E-R-F. I think it's T-E-R-F. I 
don't think it's that important, but the long and short of it is that she does not. Okay, TERF means transgender exclusionary radical feminist. So she would consider herself a radical feminist, but she excludes transgender because obviously they infringe on actual women. And so because of that, and this is an example of how liberalism eats itself, because of that, and this is also an example of why you should just let people um, learn on their own sometimes, because a lot of these liberal agendas, liberal policies, if you look statistically, um, and this is just statistics, women tend to vote way more liberal than men. And that has happened, and now they're being erased. So you would love for people to learn from wisdom and from common sense, but sometimes experience can be the best teacher. So hopefully people will see what's happening in these schools. Um, people will see what this, what this liberalism is doing in terms of eroding the culture and maybe come to some sort of repentance or revival, you know, but either way, it's just one of those things. Um, so yeah, she's one of those and she's gotten into a lot of trouble about that. So there probably are a lot of OG feminists that are not on board, but that goes to show you where it all arrived. Satan, when the serpent came to Eve, he gave her the fruit. She saw that it was to be desired and good to eat and she ate of it. She enjoyed it. She enjoyed it. But the result was death. The result didn't come until decades later. Now, the immediate result of, you know, being separated from God and, and, and having a curse put over their life, that happened real time. But the full manifestation of that, which was death, where they literally left the earth, left out of flesh, um, that didn't happen until decades later. And so this is why we have to be so cautious about when Satan introduces something to us. Because 9.9 .9 times out of 10, well, Satan has introduced it 10 times out of 10. But usually whenever there's something new, we got to figure out, you know, what's the deal? Because think about it, like cigarettes came out and people were just smoking cigarettes but the Surgeon General warning didn't come on the cigarette packet until the 1970s, if I'm not mistaken. So you're just thinking like, OK, I'm just having a cigarette. Um, fast food, fast food McDonald's came out. That was a big deal. And not to say that people thought it was healthy, but I don't think anybody foresaw the addictive nature. I don't think anybody foresaw exactly that it would make America one of the fattest and unhealthiest countries in the world. And we would export that to other countries. So my point is, it's always the, the conclusion of the matter. And, and we can't see the conclusion. But it's the trick of the enemy to show you something up front, but not show you the interest. See, he tells you something costs a certain amount or you can get something. Even sometimes he give it to you for free. But there's, he doesn't show you the interest that that compounds over and over and over again. And so we got to be a little concerned. We, Greg, 
looking at his phone all day. Okay, what is this doing to my eyesight? What is this doing to my posture? What is this doing to my psychology? What is this doing to the way I process the world? And what is going to be the result of me and the whole generation of people looking at cell phones constantly? What are we going to look like in 50 years, 40 years, 30 years? You know, maybe somebody need to invest in, you know, uh, whatever, whatever hills, carpal, carpal, car, I can't speak tonight, carpal tunnel syndrome, you know, or if you want to invest in something, some sort of uh, chiropractic thing, because that could very well be a thing. Maybe you want to invest in LASIK eye surgery. You know what I mean? Because that could very well be a thing because we got something happening right now, but we don't know what the fruit is going to produce. You got the seed that's in the ground. That's the root. You even see the leaves sprouting, but we don't know what the fruit is unless you know the tree. And so if you know the tree, if you know it's from God, even if I don't see it now, because this tree is from God, I know it's going to produce good fruit. But if this tree is from the devil or if this tree is from the world and it's not from God, I know that nothing positive can come out of this tree. Even if it feels good right now, it's sprouting up. It looks healthy. It's got some leaves. But you're not going to know until that fruit comes. Then the fruit might come. You might eat the fruit, but you might not know what the fruit does to you. You know, I think about stuff like how do we know? Say if it's a food that kills you if you eat it. I'm like, how many people had to eat that fruit and die before we learn that that fruit kills you when you eat it? How many people had to get bit by a viper to learn that a, a viper can paralyze you neuro neurologically and kill you within a short period of time? How, how, how many people had to die before we realized that type of venom? And so we're living in an age, I was talking to Dee about this. I said, we don't need any more proverbs. A proverb, a, a biblically speaking, is something from which you gain wisdom. And a proverb can be a, a situation that a person has gone through. Somebody has dealt with something. And because of that, somebody else can look and say, I don't want to make the same mistake he made. You know, I don't want to do the same thing she made. You know, she we you know, she went left and I went right. And, you know, she turned out a certain type of way. And so we're in a place now. Where we have experienced so much and we are so in sync. Why do we need any more examples? It's almost like if anybody does anything stupid now, they're just stupid. I heard somebody say you can't do nothing with stupidity. Ignorance you can fix but you can't fix stupidity. And so I'm looking at these kids doing drugs, edibles. Buddy of mine works in DC public schools. His school was in the news because somebody, some kid brought edibles to school and some kids ate them and they had to get rushed to the hospital. But he told me it happens almost every week they just don't report it in the news. And so the kids don't really have a way. I mean, the school doesn't really have a way to see because you can't inspect the kids lunch all the time. 
And then if they do have some lunch, if it's some edibles, it's going to look like candy. So unless you do a no candy policy or sometimes the edibles in the chocolate, no brownie, what are you going to do with that? So the only thing we can do is try to impart wisdom. Hey, people overdose. You know, if you feel stressed out, find Jesus Christ, lay down your burdens. But we don't need any more examples. We got enough examples to last to the end of humanity, pretty much. Way more than what we need. But but then I'm like, maybe we do need them because folks still be doing dumb stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so it's just one of those things. Ashkenazi says in a book, 1984, which predicted our totalitarian future by George Orwell, playing with the meaning of the words is called doublespeak. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, just getting us some comments here. Um, blessed be the name of the Lord. There's a comment, says Nicole, truth always incorporates God. Fact is almost always independent of God. Wow. Yeah, Jesus is the truth. You know, fact is just, it's just a fact. You know, I wouldn't say it's always independent of God uh, because there's a lot of factual stuff that's in alignment with God. But but a fact is just a fact. You know what I mean? Here, Here's a here's a. Here's a here's an example like. OK. During Noah's time, the Bible says it never rained. I think a mist will come up from the ground, a dew will come up and that's how they had vegetation. But as far as the sky, it had not rained. And so it's a fact that uh, it had never rained. But then God tells Noah it's going to rain. And then he tells him to build an ark. Now, if you're a contemporary doing during Noah's time, you're looking at the facts like, I don't know what you're talking about. Rain falling from the sky. We ain't never seen that. You tripping. Lo and behold, the conclusion of the matter is whatever God says. So when you really think about it, there really is no truth outside of God. Outside of Jesus Christ, there is no truth because something is true when he decides that it's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I could say. Like my skin is brown. I could say it's a fact that my skin is brown and it is. And that's a fact. It feels like truth. But if God wakes me up tomorrow and he decides that my skin is purple, guess what? Whatever God says really is the truth. My skin is going to be purple that day. So that's just what it is. We got to focus on the Lord. Ashkenazi says on the evening news, we're told inflation is 8.5%. Yet if you have basic math skills, you know inflation this past year is around 60 to 100%, meaning prices nearly doubled in many cases. Eggs, for example. That's true. A lot of things, the price is basically doubled. I don't know the science behind or the, the, the formula behind how they calculate inflation, 
But like you said, if you go to the grocery store, you realize I'm paying twice what I paid the year before. I think they take certain certain goods and just kind of maybe focus on those goods. People are saying Ashkenazi's messages didn't show in the chat. I don't know why that is. I haven't done anything to your to you on this channel, sister, but I'll I'll look into that. Um glory to God. God bless you. Glean from his word. New York Times had an article a few years ago about how the top tech CEOs do not allow their children to own smartphones. What's that tell you? Something to be said. I think they have a documentary about that. I haven't seen it, but somebody told me. Marsha says, there was a time when parents separated their sinful behavior from their children. For example, Playboy magazine, marijuana and alcohol, cigarettes were not always put in front of the child. She says, I'm a 70s kid and we were put in separate room watching good TV while grown folks were downstairs partying. And I'm old school because I think that's how it should be. I believe in stay out of grown folks business. I believe in stay in a child's place. I know we got a lot of um, armchair therapists and even real therapists now who pretty much are like, that's harmful. But. I believe that a child needs to understand that their parent is an authority figure and not a friend. And that's one of the issues that we have is that because the parents are seen as friends, the children have no authority. So when the children have no authority, they're not formatted to receive God because God is the ultimate authority. Jesus is Lord. That means that he owns you and he tells you what to do. So if you can't even receive that from your parents, then you definitely can't receive it from Christ. And it's going to be harder when you go out into the world. How can you work a functional job if you don't know how to respond to authority? How can you interact with the police if you don't know how to respond to authority? How can you deal with a teacher at school if you don't know how to respond to authority? So this is what we're dealing with in this generation. But I'm going to say this one thing, and then we're going to get ready to wrap it up. Um, the comment you said about, about uh, well, I'm going to do two more comments. So this comment about par parents keeping a sinful behavior from their children. So they should. But I would even submit that parents just got to be righteous themselves. And I say that because I was looking at an interview. There's a guy, he does like these, the rap interview, you know, like DJ Vlad and all this. And I was looking at this guy named DJ UTV and he had this girl on there. I never heard of her, but basically she is now a comedian, but she was into corn. Now, when I say corn, know what I mean when I say corn. She was into corn and um, he asked her about her upbringing and this girl said her upbringing was crazy. Like, I think she lost her virginity, let's say at like 12 or something like that. And by like 15, she was just being pimped out by some dude and all this type of stuff. 
um, you know, doing stuff that I'm just not even going to get into detail with right now because I'm trying to, <laughs> I don't want to mess y'all up. <laughs> but, um, but one thing she said was that when she was six years old, she found her dad's corn collection. And when she found that, um, she started watching it. And when she watched it, I'm trying to keep it holy. Um, you know, she 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 did what people do when they watch that type of stuff, and she experienced what people experience when they do that type of stuff. And so ever since then, she was what I call chasing that dragon. Um, you get that first high, and imagine you experienced that at six years old. She's chasing that feeling. You know what I mean? And the more you get it, the the less of it you get. So you got to keep doing more and more just to even be fulfilled, right? That's how it is with all drugs. But I, I was thinking about, because before she said that part of her story, I was like, oh, I know this chick ain't got a father. <laughs> like, like, I know ain't no dad in her life. Um, but then what I saw was she had a dad. Now, he didn't live in the house with her, I don't think. I think that his her mom and dad were separated and i guess it was one of those deals where you know you're at the mom house throughout the week you go to dad's house on the weekend that type of stuff and i was just like it's not enough for a dad to be present he has to be present and he has to be righteous because this dude and his corn addiction because it and it, it go back to what the Bible say about the sins of the fathers. Because of the sin of her father, she inherited a part of that curse because she was in that environment. And basically, she now is, is doing the same stuff. And she's jacked all the way up. She can be saved, but she's jacked up and so what are we supposed to do with that you know first we got to get the dudes in the house then it's like okay now you th thank you <laughs> for for the bare minimum but then it's like dang now you there but you got to live right because you got you got kids they had a story around here i think in virginia somewhere a six-year-old boy who didn't like his teacher took a gun to school and shot his teacher. Six years old. Now, fortunately, she lived. The little boy, he was a black boy, is a white teacher. You know, she lived. But, um... How is he able to get his hands on a gun? And not to say that having a gun is sinful, but if you if you have a gun in the house that your child can access, and if your child has the mentality of saying, I don't like this person, I'm going to shoot him, you as a parent did something wrong. So what, 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 what can you even do with that? Like, what type of trajectory is this kid's life on? He's... He's a statistic, you know, he can be saved, but 
It's gonna take it's gonna take some evangelism. It's gonna take the power of God. And too many people in those situations don't do that. They end up becoming those statistics. So that's just a fact of life. Um, but the sins of the fathers. Ashkenazi says we have a TV ad here which says age comes with wisdom. Really? Because I know a lot of stupid people my age. It was once said wisdom comes with age, yet Christians know wisdom comes from God. Wow. So the slogan they're saying is age comes with wisdom. I don't even think I understand that one. Wisdom comes with age. The idea behind that is you live and you learn. How many people are learning as they're living? You know, it's, it's, I heard a, a, an expression, is nothing worse than an old fool. Like if you old, I'm just expecting you to know some stuff. I'm expecting you to, I'm expecting you to teach me some lessons. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just expecting that type of stuff. Cause I'm like, man, you live long. It should just be one of them things, but that's just what it is. Man, God is so good. You are speaking exactly what I wrote in my book pertaining to Tamar and King David. Uh, let me try and get this. Deliverance is the children's bread. I follow a deliverer's ministry since 2014 that capitulate that catapulted my life and turned me back to Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Man, so listen. Age comes with wisdom is modern day double speak. I don't know what they be talking about, but listen, fam, I just wanted to come on here and have a little open discussion tonight. God is good. Thank y'all for hanging out with me a little bit. Um, listen, we just we just getting it together. So when God start to working on you, just submit to the process. The scripture says that uh, we need to come out as pure gold. You know, it says the, the finding pot is for silver. The furnace is for gold. But the Lord trieth the heart. So just pray for Brother Greg to be a little more Christ-like. You know, what I got somebody gave me my what would Jesus do wristband. I need to start wearing that more and look down and say, what would Jesus do? What would he do? So listen, family, thank you all for hanging out with me tonight. God is good. He is worthy to be praised. Next Solid Talk, we're going to have a guest. So make sure you stay in tune for that. We're going to be unpacking a lot of stuff about uh, Christian rap, Christian hip hop and uh, the spirit of hip hop. So I'm looking forward to that discussion. Very special guest, brother Nelson Seda is going to be on. So that's all I have in this Solid Talk family. Thanks for hanging out with me. You all take care and be blessed. Culture can't keep me in check. And from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. I keep it solid. I'm dropping knowledge. Wisdom, understanding, just like you done went to college. Devil know we working. His goal is to try to stop it. Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it. Controversial topics, just to keep it honest. Truth hit hard, just like it's a blunt object. Culture living godless, I can't even call it. We in the last days, Babylon is falling. 
Don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya Points got a plethora, this life will keep on testing ya Just walk and get the best of ya I'm trying to tell you bruh, only a the Shelby say we trying to get the rest Speaking of ya Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next True believers, they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, then I grow we trading places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters of the pages the blood of jesus covers all my sin and it erases i pleaded and believe it so it covers all my bases speaking out loud in depth cancel culture can't keep me in check in from beginning gotta tell us what's next true believers they can come and connect call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Try and keep my sanity amongst calamity Social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity PC culture on a mission and they try to cancel me But I know Jesus gonna keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty, no I can't handle me Not where I wanna be, but best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit, main event and slambery So I need him every day, this daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron, so I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here, but guaranteed the link in heaven the born again and righteous are the ones he's gonna let in let's keep the faith and be amongst the saints when they step in